This is Don't Panic, episode number 21, recorded November 12th, 2013. On Google Helping Out, Roms' apps and overpriced glass accessories. Good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Don't Panic. Uh, it is Tuesday night. We're a little behind this week, but that's okay. We usually go Monday, but we figured, what uh, you know, let's... I know everyone was excited for the Miami Dolphins-Tampa Bay Buccaneers game last night. Uh, so we said, we'll go Tuesday instead. But we're here now, and that's what's important. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined, as always, by the most uh, amazing uh, tech geniuses. Uh, but they couldn't be here this week, so instead we got uh, Colby Rabidou. Colby, how's it going? Uh, I'm okay. I have a story. Can I tell my story about my day today? Go for it. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so, like, last week... I was not that productive. Um, I went, I went to Chicago this weekend, and it was a ton of fun. And I took, I took yesterday off, so I came into work today, and I was like, you know what? Today's gonna be awesome. I'm gonna get so much done. So I, I got to work like, you know, early. I was in the office by 9 a.m. Uh, got some breakfast, got all my stuff. Go to my desk. I get to my desk. And there is nothing on my desk. Like, all my stuff was gone. My monitor, my keyboard, my mouse. My chair was there, luckily. My desk was still there. But all my computer things were gone. Um, so I spent a solid chunk of morning trying to find out what happened to my stuff. And it turned out my, my desk had accidentally been marked as, like, a temp. <laughs> yes, and, and over the weekend, my stuff got reclaimed by IT or whoever does that. <laughs> That's really funny. Yeah. So at, at like 4 o'clock, I finally got all my stuff. Back. Like, <laughs> wow. They they must really like you there at Facebook, Colby. Yeah. Uh, Every, so apparently, like, they it got moved over the weekend, and everyone thought I, like, Either just moved without without telling them, or got fired, or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's funny. Uh, let's uh, let's uh, introduce our uh, our other temp employee, uh, Dan Miller. Dan, how's it going? Hi, I'm doing good. Can you guys see me? It, it's going in and out. It's the, the, the we hear okay. you fine. The video's just kind of flaky. I'm weirded out. Google Hangouts. Hangouts has that new auto-enhance thing, and I feel like I look really waxy. Like, maybe it's just my okay. monitor. It's just my monitor, but, like, I'm going to... For those on the video, here, I'll flip it. But we'll see. All right, now my video just dropped anyway. This is the worst, Google. Stop updating things and then making them so they don't work. <laughs> Ugh. Okay, there. I'm back. Um... Okay, whatever. Screw it. Uh, Dan, as long as we can hear you, that's the important thing. <laughs> I turned my video off that's... just to see. Maybe yeah, keep better. playing with it. Otherwise, we get to look at your terrified-looking okay. face um, in your profile picture. All right. Um, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, it's going to be an exciting show. we got a ton of great stories and picks to go through. Uh, I'll remind everybody, our website, don'tpanic.io. There you can get all of our episodes in audio video. You can get our link to subscribe on iTunes. You can listen live there as well as join us in the chat room while we do the show, which is a lot of fun. Um, and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash don'tpanicshow. Uh, and it's really great if you like us there because if we have the occasional week where we shift shows, uh, you'll get the updates there. So uh, that's a great way to go. Uh, as well, uh, interact and hang out. It'd be a lot of fun. Don't panic show at gmail.com if you have any feedback. Um, all right, now that the housekeeping stuff is out of the way, um, let's jump into our stories. Um, any particular story you guys want to start with, or should I just pick one? Hmm. We could start with the, uh, the Google Glass ones if we still have that argument fresh in our heads. Uh, that's a great... Yeah, Dan and I were going back and forth before the show even started, and I said, hold on, we got to... Argue so people can hear us argue. It's no fun <laughs> if we just do it. Um, so it was announced um, today that Google Glass uh, was getting a major update, both hardware and software. Uh, of course, a couple weeks back, they released sort of version 2 of Google Glass, but today they announced that 
A, there's going to be a set of stereo earbuds instead of the one mono earbud it comes with. Uh, that will be available. We'll plug into the USB port on the version 2 of the glasses and will be available uh, later this month for $85. They also talk that a major software update allows music integration into Google Glass. What that means is you can say, you know, the audio command, you know, OK Glass, listen to the Proclaimers. Uh, that was a terrible pick. I don't know why I said that. But... Um, <laughs> It integrates with Play Music, which of course is Google's uh, music service. Their whole theory being your music plus our music plus the cloud equals all the music. Um, and this will integrate directly so it'll play off of your music and music in Google's cloud uh, into the headset that is in Glass. Um, so simply put, uh, Dan thinks it's not a cool idea, and I do think it's a cool idea. I think it's a cool idea. I when you were describing it, I was like, "Oh, that is pretty cool." But the fact that it's on Google Glass doesn't make it any cooler. You have to plug your headphones in to really listen to music well, and the fact that they're eighty-five dollars is kind of ridiculous. But you have to plug your headphones in, so why not just plug them into your phone and then just say, "Hey Google, now I want to listen to Bon Jovi." John Bovey. John Bovey. <laughs> and you, not... you definitely could. I mean, my counter-argument is obviously it's kind of an obvious upgrade to Google Glass. I mean, it's not particularly far-fetched. It makes sense to include it. Uh, you know, in the same way when they announce YouTube on Google Glass, we'll say, well, duh. But I just think the idea of having something you wear constantly like Google Glass does, um, you know, now that they have the prescription attachments. I mean, it's something, hypothetically, they want you to wear all the time. And to have music as a feature in that, I think, is a really strong concept because the thing about your phone is I take out my phone, I, have to, I plug it into charge, I leave it on the desk, I plug things in, I unplug all day, um, I untangle my earbuds, I plug those in. I mean, not that it's, you know, first world problems here at the end of the world, but I just mm -hmm. think that that having it constantly with you makes a lot of sense. And you can listen, by the way, through the one mono earbud. They just encourage yeah. you to use the, the stereo. But just the fact that it's there, I think is cool, but I also agree that $85 for a pair of USB earbuds after you've already paid $1,500 <laughs> for Google Glass is Why doesn't it come with outlandish. <laughs> they should just give it away. I don't, the funny thing is, and actually I've got to pull up the page here, but there's a whole um, glass accessory store. Oh, really? Um, yeah, that launched along with the, uh, the new version. Uh, and okay. the stuff is so outlandishly expensive... It's it's insane to me. Uh, let me see if I can see this here. An extra mono earbud is fifty dollars. Nice. An extra cable and wall charger is fifty dollars. Um. Let's see. I know. There's a microfiber cleaning cloth that is our. I mean, this is just like crazy stuff, and I'm like. Fifty dollars is actually a deal if you consider, like, compared to Apple. Like, that's you, true. Oh well, I, that's how much I was just looking up actually how much an Apple charger is. So a phone, an iPhone charger is. Well, let me let me double check before I. Although I, I will give Apple a little bit more credit because I have to imagine Lightning isn't a cheap uh, technology, whereas this is just micro USB. So, so, I mean, it doesn't matter, though. Like, either they're, they're all just... It doesn't, like... So, no, for I, one with Apple, you have to buy the USB cable and the wall charger. Uh, God, where which, uh, Well, the wall charger is 20 bucks. Right. And the US... Oh, Never mind, it's more expensive than Apple's. The USB yeah. cable is also 20 bucks. Yeah. I mean, right now they are, and this is not made up, a microfiber pouch to hold your glass in is $50. A microfiber pouch. Just a you pouch. Know, it's fabric sewn together, and you put it in, and it's $50. Like, 
I realize Glass is but supposed John, to... think of the margins. It's a... No, hey, good for Google. I mean, uh, they got to be making money, and I realize they want this to be seen as a premium item, um, but, like, I don't know. I, I You know, there is such a thing as too much. <laughs> I agree. It's silly, but... You know, this coupled with their floating uh, <laughs> boutique store is really... <laughs> really puts them in the luxury product category with this, for sure. I'm starting to think someone at Google has kind of gone off the deep end a little bit here. We should, we Sir should just and start making, uh, making like, Google Glass cases and selling them on Etsy for less than $50. <laughs> it's not a bad market. Uh, did you hear that the uh, first company made money off of Google Glass by selling an app? Or it wasn't selling an app, it was in-app purchases through an app, because apparently the terms of service on Google Glass, Google Glass, Google Glass are such that you can't sell apps for Google Glass yet, but you can sell things through an app that someone has downloaded. So there's this company, the, the Fancy, and you can, uh, it basically... You can like visually search for things that you're looking at and buy them through the fancy.com store. Interesting. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how well it works. Given like I know that the Google goggles visual search app that I think probably got rolled into all the Google apps worked pretty well, uh, but this is a question of them actually having the thing in stock that you're looking at, and I can't imagine that that would be too likely. Unless you're Amazon. <coughs> Amazon. <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, so Google Glass, it's the way of the future uh, if you have $1,500 plus accessory costs. So I, so <laughs> I had a thought on this. Okay. But I don't know, like, Lately, I've been getting annoyed at how frequently I have to take my phone out of my pocket to know. Uh oh. Something. What? <laughs> I said, uh oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Is your bank account start going to become fifteen hundred dollars lighter pretty soon? I don't think so. I think I'm going <laughs> to wait for the commercial one. Like I don't, I don't need another developer preview thing. I'm tired of it. <laughs> your Firefox phone is enough developer preview for you. Yeah. It, it's so much preview. It's all the preview. It's all the preview I need. Um, I like it, but I, I don't. <laughs> I don't need any more. <laughs> but it is. I, I don't know. I just don't want to do have to do that anymore. And I, I want something. I don't know. Maybe Google Glass isn't the answer to this. Like, but I want something that I don't have to look at. Mm-hmm. If I don't want to, but I still want to know. I don't know. I, like, so incredibly agree with you, and I was actually really impressed with uh, the Pebble Watch. Uh, Kickstarter's Golden Child had a big update this week um, supporting iOS 7 and a lot of the new um, update APIs in iOS to include a ton more services. What uh, are update APIs? What? Well, what are update APIs? Or, uh, I'm sorry, I meant um, notification APIs in iOS. So, so iOS 7 can send notifications can update, Notifications in, okay. Yeah, because before, apparently, and of course, I am no, I don't know how the APIs work, but uh, apparently what happened was your app had to be specifically written to send information to the watch and such. But now mm-hmm. it's it's more built into the um, OS directly, so it's it's super easy for the built-in notification system to send it out, cool. which means it working with a lot more apps. Do you have a Pebble Watch? I don't, but I kind of want one, cause I like the idea. All I really want is notifications. Mm-hmm. Like I don't mm-hmm. even need Google Now to talk to it. Like if I really need to respond, I'll pull my phone out. But it's just, even if I'm, you know, sitting in class or sitting at work or something, and my pocket buzzes, I want to just look at my wrist. Like, I don't know. I and, and the price is right. I mean, you know, you chop a zero off of that Google Glass and you can get a Pebble watch. Yeah, that's true. You know, is it the right answer? No, but I think it's really intriguing. 
uh, especially mm-hmm. with this update now that it's so much more open. Yeah. If so, I think if Fitbit integrated, like the Fitbit app worked with the Pebble Watch because it has a pedometer, right? Uh, yeah. Where it can do that to a degree. Um, if that if that worked, I would totally get one. It could that, work. That would if be. It has an API. I'd like to see those two companies work together. That would be cool. That would be cool. Would be down. Down, down. I want to. I want to wear technologies. I want. I want to wear it so I can just look at it. Look at, doesn't that look good? Actually, Sean, I think you're onto something right there. That that's my favorite thing. Is yeah, that'll be that'll be that'll be the iWatch. It'll just be like just a tape it to your face, and it's <laughs> look, it's Google Glass. Just like Apple's idea of a tablet was just a giant iPhone. The screen looks like it's giant. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> we are field of view. It's perfect. Uh, why didn't I think of that? Yeah. Uh, I'll corral us back onto topic. But no, I think that was some really good stuff to talk about. Um, but I was really interested, especially because of last week's show. Uh, right? Was it last week where we talked about KitKat and the Nexus 5 and the future of Android? And today, uh, CyanogenMod, the uh, folks behind the do-it-yourself uh, Android custom ROM, uh, released an Android app and a Windows PC installer to make uh, putting CyanogenMod on any Android phone, uh, well, not any, a supported Android phone, incredibly easy. Um, The traditional problem with doing a custom ROM, and I've done it uh, on Android phones, is that it's a pain in the butt. Oh, my God. It's really, you have to root it and put on the custom bootloader, and then you have to put in the custom ROM, and then you have to, it's really just a pain. So the idea here is that uh, their app, which is available on Google Play right now, uh, walks you through step-by-step. There's no rooting. It can just be a non-rooted phone. A rooted phone doesn't matter. You plug it in, and it will wake up with CyanogenMod on it. Uh, Will it be rooted if it's not rooted at that point? Yeah, I believe so. On the supported phones, it roots it. That's crazy. This does hack. It does everything uh, <laughs> built into its one tool. Now, of course, it does wipe the phone. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, make sure you back up your goods and uh, and all that stuff. And it does, there is only a select amount of phones that it does currently support. Most of the uh, Nexus phones, most of the Samsung phones. Yeah. Um, but I just thought this was really relevant to our conversation last week about this future of Android and Google's Android versus everyone else's Android and seeing a company with their own version of Android going forward and making it so much easier for your average user that um, I think it could really make a big... They could become a big player in Android because I think so many people are fed up with, with the clunkier versions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you guys ever see CyanogenMod going mainstream? Um, I actually, I mean, so I have no idea because I've never really used it. I have. Uh, uh, I've only used it because it's the easiest way to get, like, a very close to Google experience or whatever it is, vanilla Android, on a given device. Mm-hmm. So... Do we think that people care about that? Uh, and if not, then no, I don't. I don't think it offers anything beyond... I don't... It, I'm sure it does. I'll take that back. It does offer things beyond just removing crap from your phone, like uh, Sense UI and uh, Need for Speed Ultimate and crap like that, but... I've never cared about that so much so that I couldn't tell you what those features are. Well, probably the biggest feature I would see if I were an Android user would be faster updates. Because you're doing doing it yourself, you essentially bypass... Now, of course, you trust CyanogenMod that they're not going to break your phone or ruin it, but um, they'll have the new version of Android in weeks where your carrier may have it in months, years, or never. Um, Yeah. 
And I think that's a big thing for users, especially when you're talking new features. Um, mm-hmm. That I mean, I think that would definitely be an incentive that I would look into, uh, especially if it was one click done. But I think certainly the next step for CyanogenMod would be um, default installation. You know, uh, devices that ship with CyanogenMod. Aren't they trying to do that? They are. They are. I don't know who would, who they would partner with. I mean, if Firefox OS can find partners, then CyanogenMod should have no problem. Fair enough. But how many of us have Firefox OS phones? You know, I mean, it's 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 going to be it's an uphill battle they're facing. Um, But I certainly think there's. As we can infer, about 33% of the population does. (laughs) It's true. But I just think that's really neat, and I recommend uh, anyone who is a fan of Android or likes to play around with their phones should definitely play around with CyanogenMod. I really, uh, I screwed up my phone, warning, uh, my old Android phone got is still pretty screwed up uh, to this day. Uh, I Someone else had their phone broken, I was going to give it to them because it's just lying around. I said, oh, I have an old phone, and I'm like, oh, wait a second, this is like so... Like you know, uh, bootloader over bootloader, and like half ROMs, and yes, <laughs> but apparently, if they make it this easy, that um, that is definitely something to try and and play with, and um, and see if you like. So that is Cyanogen Mod Installer, and you can get that in the uh, Google Play Store. Uh, check if your phone is compatible. Uh, okay, let's talk. Let's continue on the Google Play Store angle and let's talk about America's favorite phone company, BlackBerry. <laughs> this young, up and coming, rapidly growing, uber popular cell phone manufacturer. <laughs> um, oh, God, that just sounded dirty just saying it. Yeah. <laughs> just didn't seem right. Um, apparently, um, there are some leaked screenshots from CrackBerry, which apparently there's enough people that there's a website for fans of BlackBerry. Sean, um, this is the internet. There's, <laughs> that's, still, there's still a website for WebOS. That's, fans and that people still, still they still write, bitch about that. People still write and update apps for WebOS. Hey, people! I'm sure people still do Symbian, and you know, I I know. Um, I you know me. I'm just cynical. Uh, so uh, CrackBerry, they had a leaked screenshots. How true they may be, we don't know. But it would be that um, these BlackBerry Z10, which is a cell phone, uh, playing uh, Android runtime and displaying a Google Play storefront. Now, what we already know is that. Um, BlackBerry 10 does support the Jelly Bean build of Android, meaning that baked into BlackBerry 10, there is some level of Android support. But this leak shows that it is possible that the entire Play Store could show up to BlackBerry uh, fixing the issue. What do you mean there's some level of Android support to back up real quick? Okay. I'm just reading this article. And it doesn't say, and I'm just going to take them at their word, but I am going to do a search and see if I can find uh, the answers to that. Would you guys be interested in BlackBerry hardware if it ran Android? Um, why would I? I don't know. I, I don't know. People like their keyboards, physical keyboards. And it looks like the build quality of that most recent one was pretty nice. Very Nokia-esque. Kind of industrial, cool-looking. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're bad phones. I just I feel like we've moved on from the physical keyboard. I'm sure there are some people that would go for it. I don't know. There are so, so, no, it doesn't sound like that would be <laughs> interesting to you guys at all. Well, you know, there's 38,000 other Android phones. I don't know why I would... Uh, there, there is something to be said for a physical keyboard, I think. But um, I don't know. Like, I don't think I would be into that. But I'm sure some people would. But not me. So apparently, 
it is possible to run any Android 2.3.3, which I think is Jelly Bean. <laughs> no, actually, I think that's pre-Jelly Bean, but it's that or forward, so, you know, current apps, to run any of them on BlackBerry 10, and that you can just sideload the SDK, and they will run. Interesting. Now, how the uh, technology works, that I don't know. I wish I had done more research on this ahead of time, considering <laughs> we were talking about it. Don't we all? Um, uh, yeah, so no, I don't, uh, I don't know specifically why. That's a good question. Um, but yeah, so apparently it currently can. Um, but the problem... There is a BlackBerry Android runtime. I have no idea. Um, so I guess the question is, um, is do you guys think this is a good direction for BlackBerry to go in? Uh, is this is this a good step to just surrender and say BlackBerry App World, which I think is a terrible name, uh, is is dead? Long live Google Play. Maybe I uh, like. I think it. Well, I think it to to a certain extent solves their problem of not having a this sounds douchey, but vibrant app store uh, like iOS or Android does, right? I don't what I I mean what I don't know is if it solves their problem of them being irrelevant now. Uh, like I don't know, I don't know if they'll be. I I don't think that's enough to gain to get any momentum on on Apple and Android. I mean, look at look at. I don't know. Like like that's not the. Uh, they have bigger problems. I think. Like I think this might be too little, too late. I agree. I was trying to think of reasons why. I mean, none of us are BlackBerry users either, though. So, but if you're just keeping existing BlackBerry users happy, then you know. Well, and you know, they had to have some foresight to bake it into the operating system that you could run these Android apps. I mean, that's something I'm sure that didn't just happen naturally. They had to put effort into doing. Um, so. You know, it's inter I was curious because I didn't know. Uh, apparently, there are about 120 BlackBerry 10 apps versus a million plus on Google Play. So, you know, that's a big difference. It's yeah. a big difference. It's a huge difference. Um, although I think 120,000 BlackBerry 10 apps, I think, is though more than are in the Windows Store for Windows 8.1. So. Um, take that for what it is. Um, so and anyway, still people use Windows 8.1. So. Uh, you know, it's true. But you know, if they opened 8.1 up to Google Play, because that would happen. That would never happen. Uh, so that's something to think about. Uh, BlackBerry, Google Play could be a match. Could be uh, another sad, sad step in the decline of a former tech icon. Yeah, yeah. Dan, um, sorry, this is a little off topic, but did you turn off your video? No, it's just exploded. Oh, it's exploded? Did, uh, did you turn off this video? <clears throat> I turned it down. I turned it HD off, which seemed to help for a while, but is that not helping anymore? Well, it's. It, I haven't seen, like, it seemed like you were just no video at all. Am I still no video at all? Should I turn my video off and just keep it off? Well, turn it off and then turn it back on. Yeah, that's what I think you should do. Are you asking me to try turning it off and back on again? That's exa Have you restarted it? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to. Uh, I don't know if that would help. Right. I, I, I turned restarted. I disabled HD as well, so I don't know if that'll help. Um, but I know it's been... I sometimes see me and I... Do, I whatever. I, I've given up on trying to figure out why it does or does not work. Because um, it's Google, right? They're smarter than I am. 
Um, so, speaking of really high-quality video chat, let's talk about Google Helpouts. Oh, uh, yeah. Because this technology works so well, Google has decided to extend it to uh, a, a community of learning. Uh, Google Helpouts, H-E-L-P-O-U-T-S, uh, at helpouts.google.com, is a service that connects people interested in topics to those who are experts in the topic. So, for example, uh, I'm actually going to pull up uh, Helpouts right now and see what are some of the uh, top Helpouts uh, currently available. So, you can ask a guy about plumbing. You can ask a guy about lawn care. You can take uh, rock guitar lessons. You can learn about acting Shakespeare. There's a whole bunch of categories. Art, music, computers, electronics, fashion, beauty, health... Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So this is like the iTunes vacation of uh, Coursera. Yeah, sort of. Um, <laughs> you only pay for the lessons you want, not the course. Right, and it's, I guess, and a big difference, I mean, this is completely open to anybody. I could sign up and give a help out. Um, mm -hmm. The way it works is you, you have... you get paid for your help outs? Google takes 30%, right? Google does take a cut, but you don't have to charge. You can do it for free, or you can charge by the minute. Or, I think, a single fee for a session, regardless of time. Huh. Um, the way it works is you get a page. On that page, you put your uh, qualifications uh, and information about yourself. And there's also reviews. People leave you reviews. Uh, so you get rated on a five-star system. Um, and then you can also uh, you put in when you're available to, to talk with people, um, or people can schedule an appointment with you in the future. Um, I think it's a cool concept. My immediate question, though, was, well, if anyone can do this, just anyone, like, how do I know... how do I know it's good? I mean, I guess that's the, like... you rely on the, the early adopters to... to get some sort of rating space and then go from there, right? Yeah. Um, it's not like there there obviously there will be some a certain degree a certain leap of faith involved for the people who are first starting. So I'm looking through the helpouts for cooking and um See, a lot of this is so new, a lot of these don't have reviews yet, but there are some that are $25 for 15 minutes, a dollar per minute, obviously free. Um, but I think it's a really neat way for people to, to make money and connect. I mean, I could imagine um, there's Home and Garden, um, and you can ask, there's a Home Advisor which is a website, apparently, says this. Um, and you can ask them about help with um, stuff you do around your home. I think that's a cool concept, uh, especially if they're online enough where you, could, um, where you could call and ask them, I can't get this pipe loose, I can't take this door off its hinges, um, and just ask somebody from your computer. True. Oh my god, what if you could ask somebody from your Google Glass that, to show them what you're looking at? That That's, would be pretty cool. Holy crap, this changes everything. <laughs> you solved it. That's awesome. And, yeah, so uh, it's certainly it's cool. I was actually debating uh, setting up a page just to, just to give help. What would you give help on? I could do computer stuff. Um, I could uh, podcasting because I I'm on a podcast. You're clearly an expert. But there's people. I mean, you know, and it's really bad too because like the cooking ones, you're like, I cooked in a restaurant for 15 years. But the ones in technology, some of them are really scary. You know, it's like I'm good at using the internet. Uh, a lot of people aren't very good at. Using the internet, though, so... Yeah, I worry those people won't figure out how to use helpouts. <laughs> Although it seems pretty easy. Well, this, this reminds me of... Uh, 
Amazon has that. The Mayday where... button. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And now it... I saw today that uh, Apple's help website has a share my screen button on it now, which isn't quite as integrated, but clearly they're heading that way too. Well, you know, I think, in my opinion, I think it's a combination of computer users are getting older, um, and and older people who had never used technology are getting it for the first time, and Kindle's a good example. But also, I have to imagine that it's more efficient and probably cost savings to do it, being able to see someone's screen, being able to see somebody, being able to do it over the web. I have to imagine there's a higher turnover rate of uh, repairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm sure it makes sense for these companies as well as for consumers, so it's really a win-win. I mean, cool. All right, can we do that now, or is that coming? Uh, Helpouts is live to both uh, participate in one and to give one. Do you think? (laughs) That sounds kinky, Sean. (laughs) I'll give you a (laughs) help-out. Whoa. Whoa, there's a health here. section. I gotta see what's in the health. Maybe there's health. <laughs> Although yeah. I don't know how you can give. Oh, you can give medical. Adv- this is interesting. So you can get medical advice, but it's one specific medical group and only in certain areas. So there's like if you're in California and a member of this medical group will give you medical advice. That's interesting. Um, okay, so that's uh, help outs. Maybe I'm thinking maybe this weekend I'll try giving a few and report back next week on how it goes. I hope well. Um, okay. We got one last story this week, um, and it is about Apple Maps, the uh, nickelback of mapping solutions. <laughs> In that, regardless of how good or bad it is, you just assume it's bad and mock it. Um, Well, that's no more. Uh, I guess it is. Uh, Because um, some metrics were put out by Comscore, uh, and I'll read off some numbers here about Apple Maps. Apple Maps was used by nearly 6 out of every 10 iPhone owners, 60%. Um, And let's see... And Google Maps shed an estimated 22 million users on Android and Apple, presumably most of that being on iPhones. Um, So it's interesting to see, and I wanted to put this article in the rundown to sort of follow up on the question of does... Just because a product is on a device, even though it's not the best, does that mean people will just use it? Do well, people use iTunes Radio? Just being on the device, I mean, it's the only... Like, Apple doesn't... iOS doesn't allow you to integrate other apps like you can in Android. It doesn't, yeah. like... Google Maps is no longer a first-class citizen, so if you're using the default Apple Maps, all you're going to get is Apple Maps. I mean, if you're using the default Apple apps, all you're going to get directed to is Apple Maps. So... Guaranteed, pretty much every everyone who owns an iPhone is gonna open Apple Maps once in a while. It's not like yeah, that's true. It's it's just it's a fact of life. Like you that you're not gonna get away from that. Um, so, you know, I don't think this is surprising at all, and I don't think it means Apple Maps is better or more desirable. It just is. It's there. It's so baked in that. Yeah. yeah, I found myself if if I'm looking at a place to get directions to it, I'll co- I'll highlight the address and copy it and open up Apple Maps and paste it in. But if I'm just looking for like where generally it is, then I'll just let it open up the regular Apple Maps. Be like, oh, okay, it's over there. Uh, but if I want to get specific transit directions, all I do in New York is transit directions. I don't ever get driving directions. Uh, so I need. Google Maps. Apple Maps won't do it. It's true. It's true. It's a it's an interesting concept and it just proves to, you know, when they dropped Google and went for their own option, uh, people questioned whether that was gonna be bad for Google or good for Apple or what, but I think these numbers really do prove that uh, sometimes the, the best solution is the one that's most built in. 
Um, well, just... I mean, it's like the it's that it's like the best camera is the one you have with you. <laughs> yeah, it's not the best camera, but it's there, and you know they can they do their best to force you into it. So. <laughs> that should be their slogan. Apple Maps, we force you into it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know it's good for you. And that's, I like I like the nickelback of mapping solutions. I think that's a great tagline. <laughs> oh, man. And people mock... And when you use it, people mock you. And they say, why would you do that? than Google Maps. It's... There's actually there's a spot by my by my apartment getting onto the highway where it routinely lies to people. Um, oh, I didn't. Luckily, luckily they haven't improved that car. that close to Cupertino. What? They haven't improved that that close to Cupertino. I guess no one no one drives down Potrero Avenue and gets on 101 with Apple Maps. <laughs> you would think it would be a priority. Uh, everyone in the world knows approximately where Colby lives. <laughs> just giving out directions. Oh yeah, uh, five miles down the 405, past the. Uh... Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't tell you guys. Did I? T- uh, I don't think I did that. I'm on a Google Street View. I saw that on some social media apparatus. It was like it's the biggest accomplishment of my life. Like, Wait, and really? and it was funny because this was like three years ago. I was driving down the street. Oh, really? And, and yeah, it was weird cause, and it was the Google Maps car and I waved and I was and I kept every year or you know every 6 months or so I'd check back to see if they posted it and they finally did. Wow. Um Dude, I want to see this. I feel like I'm famous. Um let me uh famous. share that screen. See the the problem is I can't. Uh but uh, yeah, this technology. <laughs> um but yeah, it's ex- It's right outside of Marist College, uh, going uh, south on Route Nine, right outside the Applebee's. Uh, if you really must know. <laughs> um, okay, what a, what a wonderful non sequitur, what a wonderful group of stories. I'm glad we could get through all of those. Um, it was a bit of a slow news week, but I think we had some good stories, and we'll have even more wonderful coverage next week. But let's move on to our picks. Um, <coughs> I went last last week, so I'll, if that's okay, I'll go first this week. Um, I very briefly wanted to mention, I know last week I, somewhere during the show, I mentioned the fact that I pre-ordered uh, Double Down, Game Change 2012, which was about the 2012 election, uh, and that I pre-ordered it on Kindle and it would just show up the next day. Um, I burned through that book in like three days, and it was so unbelievably good. So I highly recommend checking out... Um, it's on the top of the charts, so you should be able to find it, but it's a double-down, colon, uh, Game Change 2012, and it's about the 2012 election, and it is a fascinating, awesome book, and I could not put it down, and I read through it in, like, three days. Um, so that's that's a, a good book recommendation if you're interested. Um, it's a really interesting story, even if you're not into politics, so something to think about. As far as my actual pick this week, um, sometimes there are apps that do a lot of things, and then sometimes there are apps that do one thing really well. I went today with an app that does one thing really well, uh, and that's an app called Weather Notifications. That's the name of it, Weather Notifications. It's on Wait, iOS. Uh, <laughs> you know, I said it does one thing, and I wasn't kidding. It's Weather Notifications. Um, and... I do a list of things every morning when I get up and I grab the phone and I look at it. I check my email, and one of the things I always do is check the weather. Um, but usually that entails having to uh, go open an app, go into the you know weather channel or whatever, um, look at what the temperatures will be throughout the day, look at the precipitation. Not that it's the biggest hassle in the world, but sometimes I just want to get the weather right away when I look at my phone in the morning. So what this app does, let me... I hope you can see my camera, because I'm going to try to... So it's this little umbrella here, uh, weather notifications. And you'll see here it just says drizzle in the morning. This is all it does, but I'll show you. When I wake up every day, I get this little notification, and it just says light rain in the morning, low 28, high 48. 
That's it. And it just, every morning on the front of my phone, it gives me the weather. It's so unbelievably simple. Uh, in the app, you can, uh, this is really the only part of the app. You can adjust the alert settings. Uh, now, it is a brand new app. I expect they'll update it right now. You can only uh, put in one location. It doesn't track your location. So if you move, it's only for one set. But you can have it alert you in the morning, in the afternoon, give you a daily summary, alert you when there's rain. Um, if the temperature goes below a point or above a point, if the wind goes above a certain mile per hour, um, you have some flexibilities about the alerts, but all it does is send you a notification about the weather, which is something I have yet to find another app that does. Hmm. Just a notification about the weather. That's all I want in life. So uh, it is a buck ninety-nine, so it's not free, but uh, and it's not for everybody. But if every morning you just want to quickly look at the weather before you get dressed. Um, I highly recommend weather notifications. It's what I was looking for, and I'm sure there's someone out there uh, who's looking for the same thing. So, iOS 199, it's weather notifications. And that is my pick this week. Uh, who wants to go next? I'll go next. Oh, whoops. Oh, go for it. All right. Uh, so, my pick for this week, I discovered this morning... And it's a website called Sherpa, with two A's, S-H-E-R-P-A-A dot com. And I'm going to share my screen with the magic of technology. Uh, so basically, what this does is kind of like TaskRabbit for only health-related things. So it can do two things, uh, and I'll, it, can, it'll, it can do two things, and then I'll give caveats in a second. It can... It provides a service where you can email or call a doctor and ask questions. So if you, the, the problem this is solving is if right now, uh, if you have a problem, if you perceive a problem with your body, your two options are, one, go to the emergency room and incur thousands of dollars of expenses, whether it's actually a problem or not, or two, uh, ignore the problem, and in New York, wait on average 24 days before you'll see a primary care physician with an appointment, see them, and then decide whether it's a problem or not. And what this allows you to do is email or call a doctor and get you know get their opinion on whether you which one of those two options you should do basically. Uh, so that's pretty cool. That service I believe is available to anyone anywhere who can who uses this. The other service they offer is the ability to answer your questions about your health insurance. Uh, so if you have a question like, where's the nearest podiatrist covered in my network? They can find that out. They can give you recommendations. They can answer all sorts of things. Uh, so it's pretty cool. It looks like it will save me from learning a lot of things that I was expecting to have to learn really soon. Uh, so definitely encourage your company to do this as a benefit to you. And, yeah, they also have an app, but I don't think you can just download it, or maybe it's just a mobile web app. I couldn't find it in the App Store. Wait, does your company do this? It does, in fact. As of this morning, which was pretty exciting. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's uh -huh. very timely with all this discussion of uh, healthcare.gov and the digitization of healthcare. I think it's a really cool concept. Yeah, refill. You can refill prescriptions by phone. Uh, best find best prices on medication. Uh, I don't know if you guys have heard of these. Uh, what I call FSAs. Flexible spending accounts, they can help you find things to pay down your FSA with. So the way FSAs work is you say, I am going to spend $2,000 on healthcare for myself this year out of pocket. Uh, I'm going to charge it with this debit card that my health insurance company gave me, and then it will be tax-free, which is great. Saves you hundreds of dollars. Uh, except if you don't spend all that money, then you lose it. But there are a lot of things you can spend it on, like sunscreen, contact solution that people don't think about, and so they'll answer those kind of questions too, which is pretty cool. So my, that's my pick. 
S-H-E-R-P-A-A.com. It's like a healthcare concierge. Yeah, exactly. Awesome sauce. All right. Uh, Colby, I see here in the document you have this new service um, for four squares. <laughs> the, the, the four squares, Colby. What, why, why four? Yeah, I, I don't know. Something about... I don't, I don't, Foursquare is a thing, like, isn't it like a game or something? It is, it is, and I, just a brief, the original product these guys came up with was Dodgeball, which they sold to Google, and then they followed it up with another kind of schoolyard game, Foursquare. Interesting, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so my pick this week is Foursquare, and, uh, I suspect most, most people have heard of Foursquare, um, but... I so like I mentioned at the beginning of our our little chat here um I went on a trip this weekend to Chicago. I had never been to Chicago. Um so it was exciting and I don't I don't typically like to plan things. So for example, like I bought my plane tickets and I booked a hotel and that was about all the planning I did for for the weekend. Um, so once I got to Chicago, I don't, I've been using Foursquare for a long time, but I did not realize until this weekend how useful it has gotten since Mm -hmm. they kind of pivoted into the review, ratings, things to do, tips, all that stuff. Um, I almost didn't open another app on my phone this entire weekend. Um, everything we did, I did, uh... I found on Foursquare all the directions I got. I got through Foursquare. I saved everything to a list so I didn't have to search for it again. That's one of the most annoying things about Google Maps is you always have to search for stuff. And then, like, most of the time your 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 recent results, like your recent search history comes up, like, right away. Like, it's locally cached. But if it's not in the first two or something, you're, like, waiting on waiting on the network for it to fill in. Um, so having the list is awesome. Um, <laughs> on on the same along the same lines as our earlier story, uh, when you request directions from for, from within the Foursquare app, they give you a choice of Apple Maps or Google Maps, which is wonderful. Um, the tips are super useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also just. Uh, philosophically, I think it's it's a much less biased sort of review or a gauge of quality of a place than Yelp is because it's not a review. It's not asking... Foursquare never asks you if a place was good or bad, which I think is a very, like, emotional question to ask. Um, Foursquare asks you for a tip or they and they another thing I like a lot is that they when you check in at a place they ask you things that Foursquare doesn't yet know about the place so they'll ask you for example does the place have Wi-Fi um, you know and if enough people who check in confirm that the place does in fact have Wi-Fi that'll go up on their listing um, they also ask you things like do they take American Express do they take credit cards at all uh, cool do they have outdoor seating. Uh, all kinds of things. Like I've that. also seen them ask, "Is this place wheelchair accessible?" Interesting. What's their phone I, number? I get asked. I've never seen that one. Yeah, um, they do things even at, like even if they don't have the hours for a place, they can esti- kind of estimate the hours by what times people check in, um, so you can get a relative sense of when people check in. And I found we found that they, those were quite uh, quite. Pretty accurate. I mean, like, obviously, there's there's some variance with the actual hours, but um, if, like, if a place is closed on a day, you can usually figure it out because no one checked in there that day. Um, so it was, it is really awesome and really, really useful. And you should... Fucking everybody should use it all the time. <laughs> I use it all the time if... I'm with people, and they're like, we want some beer. I just open up, it doesn't matter where we are, open up Explore, press the beer button, and it shows me all the 
nice place to review and gives me all sorts of great metadata and the tips are really informative. Some of the cost savings ones are really informative too. Yeah. Uh, I forget where I was. It was at like Shake Shack or some place like that. And they're like, oh, just get the kids. Meal. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, I was at the seafood place in Connecticut, and the tip was get the kids meal version of the clam dinner because it's just as much clams uh, for like five dollars less. Things like that. It's it's really great. Also, their website has gotten a lot better. The desktop website is yeah pretty yeah. great. I know people who just use Foursquare as their only social network because. Especially in a place like New York, like you can see what where everyone is and what they're doing, what their what sorts of things they do. Uh, it's really cool. Yeah, and I did um, I did want to quickly say two things. One, uh, a couple months ago, they put out a Windows 8 app in Metro that is really? awesome. It's one of the best Metro apps I've seen. Good for them. Um, and, and it's one of the real good examples of how to do a Metro app. So um, I recommend that if, you, if you're running Windows 8 or 8.1. Uh, and the other thing is I sort of see Foursquare is to Twitter what Yelp is to Facebook. And it's kind of like not that there's something good or bad about the other, but to me Yelp is about the long review and the step-by-step through the meal and an in-depth yeah. look at each, at each plate. Whereas Foursquare is like, you know, 100, 140 characters. Let's go. You know, quick, short, to the point. And I, I feel for some people one is better for the other, but I really like the the four square method where it's just a quick tip to the point. I get it. You can scroll through them really quick while you're looking for a place. I love, love what Foursquare's done. Foursquare is especially it especially shines when you're when you're on the go, like mm-hmm. when. You're Walking down the street and you're mm-hmm. trying to find somewhere to some some place to get some food. Um, yep, I think that's when it's the greatest because the tip, like you exactly like you said, the tips are like you know two sentences, not two pages. And it's great that they're tips. It's not that it's good. It's not that it's bad. It's that right. you should get this or avoid this or go on this day or, you know, it's, I want to know that kind of stuff. It's like insider secrets for restaurants and, and bars and all kinds of places. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty cool service. Absolutely. So, and, and, and the, they, the informational tidbits they give you about regarding your check-ins and your check-in history, I find very entertaining. <laughs> yeah, did you see when they did I don't know if they're still doing it but they it was a promotion with Samsung and you had to opt into it but they did like a little timeline of all your check-ins and it would show you were and they would go through the time and you would see like a little arrow that would bounce to each place and then if you traveled they'd have a big line and um, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with that data Yeah, I don't know whatever yeah. happened to that um, awesome well uh, a couple really great picks uh I recommend all of them because we made them our picks, so therefore they are good Um, (laughs) because we said so. Um, Wonderful. Well, that uh, takes us to the end of this fantastic edition, this Tuesday night special edition of Don't Panic. Uh, We will be back next Monday uh, at our usual time, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, 9 p.m. Mountain. Uh, You should definitely check us out live at don'tpanic.io. Uh, and when you join us live, it's a lot of fun. You can join us in the chat room as well. We love interacting during the show and getting feedback because you hear enough of us, we want to hear from you too. Uh, but if you can't join us live, of course, audio and video after the fact uh, on our website, don'tpanic.io. And definitely, 100%, you should 100% subscribe. Uh, and if you subscribe on iTunes, great. If not, we have the RSS feed available as well. Uh, so you'll know right away when the published versions come out. You can download it, have it for your drive home, your jog around uh, town, what what have you. So, great way to go. Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show uh, and all the rest. Um, and with that, I think we'll call tonight. Anything uh, else from you guys? Um, Sean, I think I think moving forward, like, we're, we're definitely starting to branch out now. You know, we have, like, two listeners, so you should probably list off all the other time zones in the world, too. Like, <laughs> like whatever. There's Japan. 10 p.m. Central. There's those are really the only ones I know is the US. Well, you're what about Hawaii. Before, man. 
I know. I know. Ireland is five hours ahead of Eastern. England is six. (laughs) Internet. I'll work on that for next week. And by the way, if you are an international listener, email us. If you are outside the U.S., I want to hear to prove that we're not crazy when we mock (laughs) our viewers. I think. I think we should we should have a time zone pick of the week as well. <laughs> we just pick a time zone and celebrate it. <laughs> well, then I'm calling my pick is going to be that one part of the world that doesn't have a time zone and they refuse to conform. I forget where that is, but there's one little area that's kind of cut around. Nice. nice. I gotta find yeah. that. Uh, but yeah, so if you, you are from you outside, just do one a week though. Not not you can't do. Uh... And then after twelve weeks, we'll just we'll start over. Yeah, maybe one a month or something. One a month, there you go. We'll figure it out. We'll brainstorm off the air. Yes, and and if you are international, email us, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Let us know your favorite time zone. Maybe we'll feature it on next week's show. Uh, Well, with that, uh, let's uh, sign off for the night. Thanks for watching. We'll see you all next week for another exciting edition of Don't Panic. Good night.